Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. He never misses. He never misses. Love that about God. But he wants to bless us. In Luke eleven thirteen, 13, I love this. He says, uh, if imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more, I love that, will the perfect heavenly father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when his children ask him? It's a lot there. When we ask. Hey, can we start with a simple prayer again, uh, just to ask the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts. Can you say this? Say, Holy Spirit, I want you here. I surrender my heart to you as I choose to follow you in Jesus' name. And when we follow the Holy Spirit, we can expect, like I said a couple weeks ago, an R-rated experience. Number one, revelation. Revelation, as we mentioned a few weeks ago. By the way, props to our ladies. Come on, man. Mother's Day. I don't know about you. I, to those who gave us some incredible wisdom. I was soaking it up. I loved it. I, just a, that was just a little uh, glimpse of really the, all the incredible uh, women in our church, incredible leaders that we have. Um, so much wisdom. So I just want to say that. That's not because I'm in the doghouse, by the way. I just really, really, um, really was uh, so blessed and impressed by the wisdom uh, that, that we were given through uh, incredible ministry. Uh, so anyways, okay, uh, so Revelation, say Revelation. It's part of the R-rate experience. He brings us, the Holy Spirit brings us to that light bulb moment. He makes things clear. He answers that question that we've been asking. The Holy Spirit leads us in order to illuminate us. You thought it was random. You thought it was happenstance, but then you say, that wasn't a coincidence. That was God. And that revelatory moment gets you wondering and thinking, say thinking, in a different direction, in a different way, with a fresh perspective. And the Bible calls that repentance. Here's another part of the R-rated experience of the Holy Spirit. Repentance. Say repentance. I'm going to help make sense with this word. If you've been in church long enough, you've heard it. Usually people run when they hear it. It's a scary word, right? See, there's one thing that often happens when we get the revelation. And I really believe this is kind of the way the Holy Spirit leads. Revelation that, that causes us to, 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 to scratch our heads with this thing that just happened. Uh, we begin to to, to see, understand the love of God. We start thinking differently about our lives. That's repentance. It's not a scary word. It's simple, but powerful. It simply means to change the way we think. That's what repentance means. To change the way we think, and this is important, and to let those thoughts produce a corresponding action. See, it's not repentance if there isn't a corresponding action. I can say I repent all day long, but if there's no action with it, it doesn't mean anything. The Bible says produce fruits in keeping with repentance. That's how you do it. So, so this, this word repentance is so powerful and meaningful. We have a tendency, I've noticed, to get stuck in safe, predictable thoughts and ways without even knowing it. 
We assume things, people, places are supposed to be the way we think they should be. We tend to do things the way we've always done it, the way we've always learned it. I think it's a dangerous way to think. See, so many people miss Jesus the first time because they thought he would be born in a throne room instead of a cave. They thought he would come and immediately overthrow the oppressive Roman government, they thought, but he didn't. I found that the Holy Spirit is consistently pursuing our thought life. Because he realizes that the enemy loves to camp out in our minds. The enemy wants to make his home in our thoughts. But the Holy Spirit wants to bring our thoughts into his presence. That's why church is so important. That's why getting together and praying together. Because when God's presence shows up, he can transform us. He can get us thinking differently. He's consistently pursuing our thought life. Because he knows that's how true change really happens. See, I was, telling, I was talking to someone years ago, and we were talking about this. He goes, no, no, man, God's got God's to change my heart. And I, I knew this guy. He was a good guy, good guy, really loved God. And, and he goes, no, no, until, until my heart changes. I said, no, no, really, honestly, it's the way you, when your mind changes. That's what this says. It's not your heart that right now, it's the mind. So look at this. Romans 12, 2 says this. Don't copy, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Now look at this. Then, when that happens, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. That's amazing. I love that verse. Repentance, to think differently. He leads us into moments that shift our perspective. He leads us into situations that change our mind for a good reason. He loves to bypass our old brain. So I found that when following the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit leads us into what we don't know. Did you know that knowledge can puff up? And I'm not talking about the knowledge that, that betters you and betters people. But there's a knowledge that puffs up, the Bible says. There, there, there's, so, so I feel like the Holy Spirit is constantly wanting to humble us and repent to bring us into situations where we don't know. I've said before that I think good leaders lead without knowing where to go. Now, the world says, give me your three to five year plan. I get it. That's good. I don't know if I need faith if I can just have that in front of me. I'm nothing wrong with plans. Many other plans of man, but God's purpose will prevail. Don't get me wrong. But I think the Holy Spirit leads us into what we don't know. He leads us into unfamiliar, sometimes strange, and even sometimes a bit scary. In order to change our thoughts about God. Does anybody have those experiences? Man, what, what am I doing here? What, and, and, and sometimes, many times we could miss it. We could miss God in that unfamiliar moment. Because some of us are trapped in what we know. You guys here today? 
Some of us are just trapped in what we know. If I have to do jumping jacks to get you going, some of us are trapped in what we know. It's what's familiar and what is safe. Don't feel bad. It's a common human tendency, but it seems like the only way for Jesus to bless us is when he can lead us out of our comfort zone. I've had many of these moments. They are usually always uncomfortable. That's why the Holy Spirit's called the comforter, to comfort us through the uncomfortable things in life. It happens to me all the time. I'm so glad it happens to me. I'm so glad it happens to me because it just makes me constantly think about God and his goodness and how different that he thinks many times, most of the time. And so it helps me not to get caught up in the old way, right? I want the fresh way. I want the new way. So we were, we, we were at Radiant Church a few weeks ago, and uh, more than a few weeks ago. Emily gave her awesome testimony there during their Easter, Easter um, presentation they did. And, uh, and so I, I went along because I knew at the end we would pray. Usually when she gives a testimony of forgiveness, we, there's a lot of people that come up and we pray for them in different ways. And I, I, I couldn't wait for that time. And so that was just my job. My job is just to come, serve her, make sure she gets to that place listen to her, be at the end to pray for people. So first service went great. It's exactly what happened. Perfect. That's just the way I like it. You know, I don't need to get up there and say anything. And, uh, and so in between services, my friend Mike, who pastors there, I said, Mike, I feel like I got a word of encouragement for you or for the church. I don't know who it's for, but I'm just going to give it to you. And I just gave him the word. And he goes, he goes, hmm, yeah, I think that's for me. I said, sweet, good. Take it. God bless you. We go outside, back in for second service. And the, the, the worship's rolling along, and all of a sudden, Mike just kind of pops up out of his chair, and he grabs me, brings me up on stage. And I'm thinking, okay. And so he gets up there, and he's, he's like, has these personal prophetic words for people in his church. He knows them. And I'm just standing there like, okay, this is great, because I don't have any words for anybody. I don't know these people, right? Most of them. So I'm standing there wondering, I, I think he wants me to give that word. Like he changed his mind. That's what I'm thinking. He changed his mind about the word. It's for the church. But he didn't tell me. He thinks I'm reading his mind. Marriage is like that many times, right? We, we, you can't read each other's minds. You cannot read each other's minds. But he thought I was, think, I think he thought we were on the same wavelength. I just didn't want to dishonor him by giving a word that was for him and not for the church. You guys got him going here. So I, I was up there. He gives these words, and he kind of backs off. And here I am standing in front of everybody as we're kind of in this worship moment, but with no, no, no song being sung. And I'm standing there, and I don't know what to do. I've been on stage many times. I've... I've flowed in prophetic moments, personal prophetic moments, and I'm standing there, and I don't know what to do, and people are looking at me like, okay, hello, come on, let's get this thing going. And this is what I said to myself. I said, this is really good for me. This is really good that I don't know what to do right now. Can I just encourage you? I don't know what to do. I think he might want me to give that word. 
So I stood there, but what I do know how to, what to do is I can sing. So I get, all of a sudden, all of a sudden I got nervous. I'm like, oh, Lord. But, and so they're in this song, which I love, um, uh, that, yeah, uh, I don't know how it goes. Oh, come rest on us, come rest, iron wind, whatever, come and do it again. Uh, I love that song, even though I don't know it. Um, I love that song. And so I started singing this song that I know, and um, made me feel a little, okay, okay, I'm, I'm flowing into something. I still don't have anything. I kind of look back, and Mike is on his knees praying. Like, he's like, he's like, dear God, speak to him. I think that's what he's saying. I, I don't know, but he's like, he's like on his knees. I'm like, things are really going bad here. <laughs> God's presence was there. And uh, I'm like, oh, Lord. But I would, listen, I, in the moment, I was just willing to make myself foolish you know, Jesus made himself of no reputation. It's like, I, 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 said, I said, Lord, even though this is so uncomfortable, and I thought, I'm never going to be back here. They, don't even, they won't see me again. So <laughs> I just was I, was, I was foolish. I just felt foolish. It was really difficult. And then all of a sudden, I got done singing, because that's what I knew how to do. And I, but then I, I had something. I said, I, I feel like, I just want to say this, the Lord just is... is um, He's just working our hearts right now. Just let's give it just, just a few moments and working on our hearts. And the word is like a hammer, I said. The Bible says it's like a hammer. It just chips away, the Bible says, you know, uh, uh, chips away. And I just said that, you know. And then Mike comes up and taps me. He goes, hey, you can give that word. <laughs> like, wow. So I quit, give that word. Get off the stage. Sat down. I, I said, man. Started just being critical towards myself very critical. I said, what, you know, you know how the enemy works? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Just, just hammer. So I fought it the best that I could. Got done with the message, was in front praying for people, and uh, still just battling and struggling, but praying for people, genuinely, hey, praying, praying, and, and all of a sudden, at the very end of this time, we probably were up there for an hour or so just praying for people, and this one person comes to me. She goes, thank you so much for that word about the hammer. God spoke that to me this week, and it confirmed so much that God was doing in her heart. And I said, oh, dear God, thank you, because I would have left that place. I would have been, that whole week would have been a bummer. And then you would have gotten it Sunday. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but I, I, I want to say that because... The Holy Spirit leads us where we do not know. You don't have to know everything. And I feel like in that moment, it just made me trust God even more. Amen? So he leads you into those places because, number one, he can get all the glory. Also, he can heal you. He can grow you and me, and he can love you there. The Holy Spirit leads us into what we don't know so that we can know his thoughts, so that we can repent, change the way we think. Let me show you this principle. Mark 8, 22 through 25. When they arrived, Jesus and the disciples, at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus. 
and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Verse 23, Jesus, though, took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Okay, that was uncomfortable for him. Look at this. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked him, can you see anything now? <laughs> Head scratcher. Um, the man looked around and said, yes. He said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus places hands on the man's eyes again. And the eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Jesus leads, talking about being led by the Holy Spirit, Jesus leads this man out of his village, out of his familiar place, away from the familiar voices, away from the possible even accusations and judgments, out of the bad memories, even away from those with good intentions but couldn't lead him to freedom and healing. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about a literal place. I'm talking about the place of the heart and the mind, the soul, the inside of you and me. It's in those places where the familiar likes to set up camp. You know, sometimes when praying for people, if there's a lot of clatter or, or there's even some family members around, Emily and I will pull people just off to the side a little bit. We just feel that's a better place. Even just a few, you know what I'm saying? Don't be offended by that. Just Sometimes we just got to get someone alone that we can, that, that the distractions aren't there. And that's what Jesus did. Took this man out of his familiar place into this other place. See, the Holy Spirit wants to lead us into the new place, the fresh place, because I've learned that fresh and new rarely come in the familiar. Fresh and new rarely come in the familiar. So the Holy Spirit leads you out of what you and I are used to. Come on. Can you imagine being blind in a new place? The man knew how to navigate through his village. He knew all of his familiar spots. He knew all the familiar voices. He was used to it, but now he's got nothing and no one to cling to except Jesus. Sounds like that song we were singing. And this is the awesome and loving plan of God to lead us out and into freedom. But it requires the Holy Spirit leading us out, not only of what we don't know, but of what we're used to. Now, some of you are wired that way. Like apostles, they love it, man. Just lead. I want something new. New, 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 new. And we're all not like you. Some of us like safe places. But the new place will give you new vision. Here, listen. I love it that Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God, filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, prayed for someone, and they didn't get fully healed right away. I love that. Only took him twice. Probably took me a hundred times, but still, don't give up, Dan. But listen, don't be discouraged if you don't have the whole picture just yet. 
Jesus prayed twice for this man, but things were blurry after the first prayer. In other words, it's okay if you don't see things clear yet. It's okay if you haven't received what you need yet. It's okay if things aren't quite quickly clicking just yet. It's a little blurry, but you're probably a little excited. You might say, I'm not where I ought to be, but I see something. I'm not there yet, but I'm not where I used to be. See, God is doing something new. He's opening your eyes to the new thing. But you had to let him lead you out of the old because there are not many miracles in the familiar. There are not many miracles in safe places. And I believe sometimes he leads us into scary places. He wants to meet us in the scary place. Now, sometimes I've created that scary place, right? Many, most of the time. But there are times when God leads us into places that, oh my goodness, you know, what, this is not, this is scary. Let me give you that example as we finish up. Matthew 8, 18 through 22. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he instructed his disciples to cross to the other side of the lake. Then one of the teachers of the religious law said to him, Teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, causing him to think differently, by the way. Here we go. Foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He, what he was saying was, was, okay, really? You got a really nice house over there on the hill? You're a part of a really, you know, you're, you're part of that religious elite group? And you think you can follow me? I don't think you'd give that up, Jesus said. But I'll, but I'll give you this statement just in case. If, if foxes, he goes, I have nowhere to lay my head. So if you're going to follow me, you might just want to think about that. Another, another, another of the disciples, his disciples said this, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me now. Look at this, look at this thought, shock and awe. Let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. To get him to think differently. So that's just, now look at this. And then this happens. And then this happens. Matthew 8, 23-24. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. We, we've heard the story. This is where Jesus gets up from his nap and immediately stops the storm with just a few words in a scary place. Maybe your marriage is struggling. Maybe your finances are a mess. Maybe you just received some bad news. Please hear this. God is waiting for you in that scary place. He's waiting for you. He's there. Don't, don't, I, I want to avoid every scary place that ever comes up in my life. I want to run from, right? But God says, no, just, I'm, I'm here. Don't run from this scary moment. I'm here. 
God is waiting for you in that place. He wants to show you something there. He wants to give you something there. He wants to get you out of there to the other side. See, the Holy Spirit wants to lead us out of Bethsaida, out of the normal, out of the familiar, out of a storm, out of been there, done that, and into God's goodness because the ministry of Jesus is found in the unfamiliar and sometimes scary. Is anybody here today? Come on. I know you're here. Maybe this is next week's message. No, just kidding. Why? Why, 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 why? For the purpose of repentance, to change the way we think and let it produce a corresponding action. Say repentance. I've heard this too many times from people, especially young people. I hear them say, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Let me change your mind for, for a moment. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your steps. He'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. He will. You're good, but you're not that good. He's good. So as we finish, I want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit have your mind. Let him have your thoughts. Let him cause you and I to think differently. I, I'll end with this. Well, a couple things, but we're just taking a walk the other day, and I noticed a gentleman, uh, we were out of town, noticed a gentleman sitting on a bench, and I walked by the first time, and I just said, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. And we came, came back. He was still there. And the Holy Spirit said, stop, just stop. So we drummed up a conversation with this guy, and really nice, really nice. Had a great Holy Spirit-led conversation, got to a place where found out he had a really bad year or so. You could tell, and as he's saying, you just see the tears coming down his eyes, even he had glasses, you could see the tears rolling down his eyes. He was searching for God through, his, through this language, through, his, through this, what he was saying. He was definitely searching for God. And, um, and we're just there, and the Holy Spirit says, pray. And I asked, can I pray for you? Well, I would always need prayer. Can I just pray for you? And so we just laid, his, laid our hands on his shoulder, prayed for him. Just prayed a prayer. But what I thought was this. What I thought was this. He will never forget that moment. He will never forget that moment. It was a Holy Spirit-filled and led moment. He was so grateful. No, nothing, nothing about us. This is just a, this is the Holy Spirit. He was so grateful, but he will never, ever, ever, ever forget that moment as I ended in Jesus' name that he remembers that there is one God. His name is Jesus, and Jesus loves him so much that he would set this moment up. By the way, as I was walking towards him, I was thinking to myself, I really got to get to my next stop pretty quick here. That's what I was thinking. And then the Holy Spirit stopped me. He said, no, no. I think of, we're done almost. 
I think of William Seymour, who was led by the Holy Spirit to start the Azusa Street Revival. And first, he prayed for seven hours a day for weeks. He showed up one day to a small Bible study. And from there, one of the greatest revivals in history was birth. But one odd fact about this outpouring was William Seymour would preach with a box over his head. Yeah, say what? Exactly. Weird. He put a box over his head. It was part of his humility. He just, he just you know, I don't want to take any glory. That was just, he, was, he felt led to do that. So he would, there would be a box over his head as people were coming in. You know, you're inviting your friends to church. Hey, come to my church. It's sweet. This guy's great. He preaches up a storm. It's a great message. You're going to love it. The Holy Spirit is so powerful in this moment. He's got a box on his head. Hey, uh, try, not to, try not to think about that um, in a way that you want to think. I know it seems weird. I know you're wondering what this is all about. You might even say, this can't be God. And if they did, they would have missed out on one of the greatest revivals in history. I think we're on the verge of the greatest revival in history. Come on. I believe that with all my heart. I think it's going to be different. The way that I see it is the, the kind of, in my mind, wave upon wave. So there's a wave, and then there's this kind of this, this, this backtrack of a wave. And when the wave backtracks, you see the broken pieces. You also see the treasures when the wave comes back. And then if you, you're quick enough, you can go grab them, right? Reminds me of Haggai when it says, hey, hey, listen up. In just a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth. And the Bible says, all the treasures will come into my temple. The gold is mine. The silver is mine, he's saying. I think that's what's happening. Shaking, the shaking, but, but this, this wave that when it, when it recedes, it reveals, it reveals what God wants to do. He wants to mend the broken pieces. He's looking for the treasures, you guys. Guess who gets to go get them? Us. Us. We get to go find them. We get to see them. We get to see the ones who are broken, who've been through a tough time and say, hey, you're a treasure. God loves you. Because what I found out is it's not condemnation or conviction or a three-point sermon that necessarily turns people to God. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. It's the goodness of God that leads people to think differently. Not religion, not any of that stuff. The goodness of God. So William Seymour put a box on his head. And from there, one of the greatest revivals happened. And for those who stayed and those who were willing to think differently, they received revival. Seymour and those at the small Bible study were willing to think outside the box. 
pun intended. I was going to put a box on my head, but you love to look at this face. That's good. No. no, you don't. No, it's good. Um, can I just tell you that, that God is for you? God has a plan for you. For those of you who feel like you've lost calling, you've lost hope, you've, you've lost direction, you don't know where God is, you, you're trying to find God, just follow the Holy Spirit. He'll lead you into what you don't know. He'll lead you into a place yet maybe even a bit scary. It's okay, but I guarantee you, you'll find God there. And God will love you there. He'll, he'll lead you there. He will heal you there. He'll bless you there. Amen. That's where revival happens. Right there. Right there. Let's pray. I feel like I said that because I wanted, I wanted someone here. I wanted you to be reminded today of the calling that God never takes away in your life. And I thought this morning of Peter, when Peter denied Jesus. Jesus died on the cross and they went back. Peter went back to what he knew. Fisher of fish, fisher of trout. That's what he knew. He went back to familiar. It was safe because he thought, thought, all, he thought it was gone. It was, it was all lost. But Jesus rose again and eventually meets Peter on the beach, makes him some waffles and toast and eggs and fish. <laughs> and um, he restores him back to his calling. And what Peter did after that, oh my goodness, look at Pentecost, thousands got saved because God met him in that place of hopelessness to heal him and restore him. And if you're here today thinking, man, I don't know if God can use me again. Oh, you've got it completely wrong. God wants to, God wants to work through you. He wants to fulfill something in your life that's more than you could ever imagine. So I just speak over you today. I speak over you. I speak over the marriage that seems to be lost. I speak over that marriage, that relationship. I speak and I say, nothing is ever lost. Jesus will find you. Jesus will pick up those broken pieces and he'll put them back together better than ever, stronger than ever. I speak over you. Thank you, Jesus. Pray this with me if you would. Put your hand over your heart. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you, Jesus, for being my friend. Thank you for dying for me, forgiving me, making me new. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I give you full access into my thought life. Come and change me in my mind. Help me to think differently about you, about me, about others, and about life. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Hey, God bless you guys. I hope you're encouraged today. Step out of the boat. Go to the other side. We love you. Have a great day. Our prayer partners, our prayer team is here to pray for you. God bless you guys. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.